0: So in this video today, guys, I want to cover and go over a research paper that was, it's a fairly bit old now, it came out about four years ago or so, but I came across it recently. And it's a study that finds that psychiatric diagnosis to be scientifically meaningless, that it is void, empty. And this is quite, you could say, a liberatory kind of discovery. Yeah, Because I'm not a big fan of like the whole psychiatric, uh, diagnostic, secular hum- humanism form that is kind of pushed onto a lot of people. It's very void of what is actually fundamentally being sought after by most people who are in seeking or who are trying to discover some form of peace in their life through counselling which is to discover God in some sort of sense, to discover their purpose, to go beyond the existential crisis of the modern era, you could say. And a lot of this type of stuff is very much not about secular humanism, finding a antidote to a problem in which it's going to clear your mind of all these things without the inclusion of God or spirituality, but rather it's quite the opposite. And this little discovery here is quite interesting with this. So, so a study finds that psychiatric diagnosis to be scientifically meaningless, and this source is from the University of Liverpool, and it's quite old. It's come about J- July 8th, 2019, so this is a fair bit old now. So a new study published in psychia- Psychiatry Research has concluded that psychiatric diagnoses are scientifically worthless as tools to identify discrete mental health disorders. Now the big re- realisation point of this is that The dehumanization, the labeling and conditioning of these labels causes the problems that people are suffering from to continue rather than them to be fixed. So it also leads to our understanding that things such as medication, pardon me, medication, medication is fundamentally not uh, something that's going to solve any fucking issues here. Okay. It's it's not something that's gonna fix anything, fundamentally. It's a it's a half answer, half truth. Okay. So the study led by researchers from the University of Liverpool avoided a detailed analysis of five key chapters of the DSM five on schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depressive disorders, anxiety disorders, trauma related disorders, all these disorders, right? Diagnostic manuals, such as the DSM, were created to provide a common diagnostic language for mental health professionals in an attempt to provide a definitive list of mental health problems, including their symptoms. So you could very much say that it offers a map, but is not that of the territory. It gives you a way of looking at things, but is not the actual answer to the reality of the subjective experience of what that person is going through. Right. So the main findings of the research were this. Psychiatric diagnoses all use different decision-making rules, okay? There is a huge amount of overlap in symptoms between diagnoses. Almost all diagnoses mask the role of trauma and adverse events, which is the main part of these things, okay? Diagnoses tell us little about the individual patient and what treatment they actually need to find health. Okay. the authors conclude that diagnostic labeling represents a, quote, disingenuous categorical system. Leading researcher Dr. Kate Alsop, University of Liverpool, said, although diagnostic labels create the illusion of an explanation, they are scientifically meaningless and can create stigma and prejudice, which is mostly what they create, not only for the individual who's being gaslighted by these things, by a person of authority saying, you have BPD. You know, that itself is, oh, is there something wrong with me? You know, that's what these labels create. Prejudice and stigma. I hope these findings will encourage mental health professionals to think beyond diagnosis and consider other explanations of mental distress, such as trauma and other adverse life experiences, because most of these things are down to distress trauma is experienced in life that's very subjective. A subjective experience that influences the subjective experience of an individual. It, they are, we cannot house these things within disorders as objective claims of how people function, because we are not simply just these materialistic robots of neurological patterns. It's much more complicated than that. Professor Peter Kinderman university of liverpool said this study provides yet more evidence that the biomedical diagnostic approach in psychiatry is not fit for purpose diagnoses frequently and uncritically report as real illnesses are in fact made on the basis of internal inconsistent confused and contradictory patterns of largely arbitrary criteria the diagnostic system wrongly assumes that all distress results from disorder and relies heavily on subjective judgments about what is normal. And it continues to go on, you know, Professor John Reed again, this is the University of East London, perhaps it is time we stopped pretending that medical sounding labels contribute anything to our understanding of the complex causes or the complex cause of uh, human distress or of what kind of help we need when distressed. Okay. So if you want to look at this up, I will put this in description. Um, so University of Liverpool uh, mostly did this research on the heterogeneity, pardon if I'm saying that wrong, in psychiatric diagnostic classification by Kate Olsup, John Reed, uh, Peter Kinderman. So it's quite an interesting read. I'd recommend it. But fundamentally, what we're getting at here is that the discovery of what a lot of, like Victor Frank, uh, Carl Jung, what they were fundamentally saying is much more accurate than what is given by psychiatry today, which is that a lot of the time, We are seeking spiritual salvation. We are are seeking salvation in relation to our subjective meaning to life, which is a spiritual transcendental uh, seeking rather than anything of diagnostics, or anything of typology, or anything of secular humanistic approach. It's more to do with our relation to the divine, our relation to the sacred. How can we find purpose? Because purpose is not a material thing, it's to do with faith, it's to do with belief, it's to do with the strivings of the will towards something we cannot see. It's more to do with what makes us tick and things like psychiatry are mostly focused upon how do we diagnose people how do we put people in boxes so that we can cure them how in what way is this person uh, in what way is there something wrong wrong with this person so we can make them right how can we you know do these you know, all of this type of stuff but what is understood is really that we are seeking spiritual salvation and we see that most Mostly in counseling, you know. Most people who do go to counseling are trying to seek for a purpose, trying to seek meaning. They're not trying to seek, you know, these materialistic kind of little atomized techniques to do these things so that they can suddenly experience happiness. It's a spiritual seeking. And people are like, Oh, you definitely founded that. And that's why I'm gonna read you an expert. Except from a great book that I picked up recently, which is called Soul Friend. Very good. So I'm going to read you an excerpt from this. Jung has thus moved away from Freud's view of religion as an obsessional neurosis. And he had come to see the religious problem as crucial to the search for health. It was vital, he held, for clergy and psychotherapists to join forces. And he was urging this as long ago as 1933. But psychology, the science of the soul, must confine itself to its material and must not trespass into theological areas as it seems to be. Jung was very clear on the limitations of the psychiatrist's role. Nevertheless, his work has thrown considerable light on the process of spiritual growth and on the work of the spiritual and the work of spiritual guidance. In recent years, also there has been a great deal of attention given within the therapeutic schools to the issues of spirituality and spiritual values. Both Jung and R. D. Langing While their approaches and their language are widely divergent, they great stress on the importance of the recovery of the spiritual life. In the 30s, Jung claimed that, quote, about a third of many cases are suffering from no clinical definable neurosis, but from the senselessness and emptiness of their lives. It seems to me that this can well be described as the general neurosis of our time, and this is to do with spirituality. The loss of transcendence in our culture is indicative of its death. What we term, quote, sanity is in fact spiritual deprivation. True sanity involves the dissolution and the transcendence of the normal ego. Viktor Frankl, the Viennese analyst, insists that psychotherapy needs to move beyond the dynamics of the neurosis to look at the distress of the human spirit. The spiritual dimension cannot be ignored, as he says, for it is what makes us human. Frankl argues that the aim of psychotherapy is to heal the soul, while that of religion is to save the soul. Psychological health is therefore a necessary side effect of religion, for salvation presupposes the health of the soul. So today, among analysts, there is more concern of the areas of values and meaning. Which is why now you have books like this being written to the point where you have research about psychiatry and its diagnostic rules being scientifically meaningless. So to some degree, we are getting some movement towards something that's more holistic and something that is more true and meaningful in these areas of study or in these areas of practice. But i definitely say that theology and psychiatry definitely need to merge together for people to truly find some sort of meaning and purpose. Because meds and pills and diagnostic criteria is not doing anything for no one except making some good cash for the people that are producing this crap. So, if you enjoyed this video, make sure to give it a like, share it around, put your comments and thoughts down below. And of course, if you are interested in any form of coaching with regards to bad habits, procrastination, low self-esteem, anything of that nature, especially in relation to intrusive thoughts and wanting to overcome them, you can book in a free discovery call with me down below if you suffer from any kind of thing of that nature. And of course, if you want to check out my free Unlocking the Mechanics of individuation mini course, you can download that as well, along with signing up to my newsletter in which I try to put out things on a weekly basis. So thanks for watching everybody, and I'll speak to you in the next video.